Good evening and welcome to episode 106 of the Political Mic Podcast. The Brookings Institute recently found that digital natives, millennials, members of the Gen Z generation, who grew up with the internet have a unique relationship with social media and online movements. These constituents also comprise a large proportion of eligible voters. In the last decade, millennials have risen from 20% to 26% of the voting populace and Gen Z from 0% to 9%. With such shifts, candidates for office have to develop more sophisticated and diverse uses of online platforms. While former President Barack Obama gained the distinction of leveraging social media to come out victorious in the 2008 and 2012 elections, similar to how President Kennedy uh, used the medium of television in the debates against Richard Nixon uh, to come out victorious in the 1960 election, the 2022 election cycle revealed social media's effect in the Pennsylvania race between Democrat John Fetterman and Republican Mehmet Oz. Fetterman's social media team, largely comprised of digital natives themselves, have been praised for their ability to leverage memes and online trends in creating viral content, which turned out to deepen voter engagement. The Lincoln Project, a political action committee formed by conservatives with the goal of preventing the re-election of Donald Trump and defeating Republican U.S. senators running for re-election, who had supported Trump also employs similar tactics through its social media presence. While this concept of using social media for political gain and advantage is not new in the political realm, the platforms and specific ways of communicating on them are expected to continue to progress, meaning that candidates and activists alike will need to keep up. Joining me today is Brandon Leibowitz, who runs and operates Search Engine Optimization, SEO Optimizers, a digital marketing company that focuses on helping small and medium-sized businesses get more online traffic, which in turn converts into clients, sales, leads, etc. In 2008, he realized that most businesses would need a website to stay competitive in the future, and having a website is the only one piece of the puzzle. Ultimately, they need someone to help market their website to bring in traffic that will in turn convert to clients. He made the decision to stick with digital marketing, and since then, he has started his own company, SEO Optimizers. He's also worked full-time at ad agencies, helping their clients with search engine optimization. Mr. Leibowitz, thank you for being a part of the political mic tonight. Thank you for having me on today. So, Mr. Leibowitz, I want to open up the discussion by asking you, how do you think search engine optimization tactics could be used to promote greater political engagement and participation well, SEO is a way to rank websites on Google. So if someone's searching on Google for keywords related to whatever promotion or whatever you want to talk about in relation to politics, then you could show up and start capturing that free traffic. And it's a way that you don't have to spend money on ads. So it's all about just figuring out what keywords you want to rank for that are related to the knowledge that you want to share. And that's the biggest starting point is just figuring out how do I get in front of the right people at the right moment? And what keywords do I want to use? And there's tools such as a Google Keyword Planner. It's a free tool that will show you actually how many people search for your keyword every single month. So you can start figuring out what keywords you want to start incorporating into your website or to your content, your articles, blogs, podcasts, whatever content you may be putting out there. You want to try to put keywords in it so we can start capturing some of that free traffic. And so what impact do you think uh, changes to net neutrality regulations could have on the search engine optimization industry. Uh, do you have any law in, in alignment with that goal of ensuring that uh, there's accountability for sites that spread misinformation would impact the industry in some way? 
Yeah, definitely. Google's always trying to make sure that they put out quality results. That's why they don't just rank a website immediately. It takes time because they're just not going to rank any website. They don't trust anybody. You have to build up trust and getting Google to trust you is really tough. So a big part of Google's algorithm is called EAT, E-E-A-T. So expertise, experience, authoritativeness, and trust is what they want to see in a website before they publish it, especially with stuff related to like health and money because they don't want people well, misinformation about health and money. They don't want people just throwing out information about how to invest and then they're telling them the wrong information. So those are two really big industries that really got affected by that eat algorithm about like eight or nine years ago. It's still a big part of Google. They're really looking in that because they want to put trustworthy content out there, but how they know what's trustworthy, what's not, what's real, what's not, that's tough because Google's just an algorithm and they don't know. So they rely on what are called backlinks, getting other websites to talk about you. The more websites that talk about you, the more trust Google's gonna give to you and the higher they're gonna rank you. So that's how Google kind of works with SEO is they wanna see that your website has backlinks. And what is a backlink? A backlink is a clickable link from another website that points to yours. So let's say you're reading an article in the latimes.com and it says Brandon Leibowitz. You click on that and it goes to my website. I'd be getting a backlink from the latimes.com. So the more websites that talk about you, the more trustworthy Google thinks you are and the higher they're going to rank you in the search engine. So that's how they rank websites. And it's tough, though, to figure out, all right, if the LA Times is giving me a backlink, does that mean that I'm trustworthy? It means that the LA Times thinks I'm trustworthy, but how do they know that I'm really putting out content that's accurate or factual or even that like the LA Times, there's writers that are manipulated by money where they'll email me all the time. I get emails from most every website, New York Times, LA Times, Chicago Tribune, of writers that they're like, hey, pay me a couple thousand dollars, I'll write an article about you. And then that discredits the website. That's kind of tough to say that because there's a writer that's being bribed by somebody that they should take this website down or take it down, this content, because it's not really the website that knows that this is going on. It's really just writers that are just infiltrating because anyone can contribute at these sites. You just got to get authorship. And once you get authorship, if your editor isn't looking at your content or if you run read enough articles that your editor just doesn't even look at it, you can put out content and then it's kind of tricky. It's like, what's real, what's not real and how do you differentiate it? It's really tricky, but it is something that's so very important. And that's what I've learned over the years is unfortunately people believe whatever they read online, which is kind of bad. You should not trust anything ever that you read online or anywhere. You have to double, triple, quadruple check it because I've realized over the years I can rank websites and people unfortunately will believe whatever is on that website. And I'm not sure if it's 100% accurate. I have writers that write content for blogs and they're usually industry experts, but I don't know if it's really 100% accurate and I'm putting that content out and it gets a little tricky, especially with sites like Wikipedia and stuff like that, where people just believe whatever they read on there. And I know editors that they'll go in and they'll make changes if we go in and make a change on Wikipedia, someone's going to look at it. But these people are like top editors where they make changes. Nobody looks at it. And we've used them in the past to change Wikipedia pages for companies where they had some negative PR and we would take that stuff down. But I've had companies or old agencies I've worked for, they wanted me to change elections like 10 years ago and changing like countries, Wikipedias. And after that, I realized you just got to be careful. Whatever you read online, don't trust it. It might be real, it might not be real, but it's really put out by marketers and you can't trust everything you read online, unfortunately. 
So in, in alignment with what you just said, what are some of the considerations that, um, that, that are weighed when you are evaluating and ranking some of these sites? Well, it's just making sure that they're good, legitimate, real businesses, that they're trustworthy. They're not just scamming fly-by-night companies, that they're credible, not going to work with like any weird, shady kind of like pornography or gambling type of sites like those because it's get kind of weird and sketchy. And But even just someone selling tennis shoes, how do I know the blogs that they're writing is accurate about the material and things like that? It's really tough to fact check all that stuff, unfortunately, but just try to do my best to make sure that they seem legitimate and trustworthy and credible from my end. So Tucker Carlson, who's recently been ousted by Fox News, who, um, you know, for a brief time uh, since the departure of uh, Bill O'Reilly was the main headline, uh, was the main uh, audience uh, attractor on that network. He's recently been removed. And, and today he made some big news on Twitter. I'm going to go ahead and play the clip right now. The best you can hope for in the news business at this point is the freedom to tell the fullest truth that you can. But there are always limits. And you know that if you bump up against those limits often enough, you will be fired for it. That's not a guess. It's guaranteed. Every person who works in English language media understands that. The rule of what you can't say defines everything. It's filthy, really, and it's utterly corrupting. You can't have a free society if people aren't allowed to say what they think is true. Speech is the fundamental prerequisite for democracy. That's why it's enshrined in the first of our constitutional amendments. Amazingly, as of tonight, there aren't many platforms left that allow free speech. The last big one remaining in the world, the only one, is Twitter, where we are now. Twitter has long served as the place where our national conversation incubates and develops. Twitter is not a partisan site. Everybody's allowed here, and we think that's a good thing. And yet, for the most part, the news that you see analyzed on Twitter comes from media organizations that are themselves thinly disguised propaganda outlets. You see it on cable news. You talk about it on Twitter. The result may feel like a debate, but actually the gatekeepers are still in charge. We think that's a bad system. We know exactly how it works, and we're sick of it. Starting soon, we'll be bringing a new version of the show we've been doing for the last six and a half years to Twitter. We bring some other things, too, which we'll tell you about. But for now, we're just grateful to be here. Free speech is the main right that you have. Without it, you have no others. See you soon. So, Mr. Leibowitz, I want to get your thoughts um, as it pertains to Tucker Carlson's announcement that he's going to be taking his misinformation with him to to Twitter and, and also... Um, if you could also share, you know, what social media platform, you know, with social media platform platforms becoming increasingly a major source of news for many people, how do you see search engine optimization strategies evolving to compete with these platforms? Well, social is much different than SEO. And yeah, so social is Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Pinterest, LinkedIn. SEO would just be Google, Bing, or any search engines, Yahoo, DuckDuckGo, stuff like that. And SEO and social media don't really affect each other. I mean, to rank higher in Google, Google's pretty much blocked from almost all social media because they're all somewhat competitors, except for YouTube. Google owns YouTube. 
and Google partnered with Twitter like five years ago to, so they're actually able to see their tweets. But other than that, Google's blocked from like in Facebook, Instagram, because they're all somewhat competitors and they don't want them to see each other's data. But when it comes to SEO and social, they're just, it's tough to differentiate and we do the content and they have different algorithms. So SEO is really based on backlinks that we talked about earlier. Social is really based on how they rank them is based on social signals. So like how many, depending on what platform, like tweets you get, likes, comments, reshares, favorites, that's going to help the algorithms try to think that you're relevant and that you're trustworthy content. So all this stuff is just machine learning and it's tough, especially when there's so much content out there being put out there every single pretty much second. There's probably hundreds of thousands of tweets. Same with like YouTube, like going through all that content. It's tough. They're trying their best and they have human moderators that try to go through it all, but they probably need to really put a lot more people in that human moderation. I know they have probably thousands, tens of thousands of people, but they probably need hundreds of thousands of people just because there's so much content out there or maybe ways to verify people that they're real people versus fake people and they're not bots and all that stuff that's being put out on social because it's too easy to just make a social media page and throw it up there. Building a website and ranking on Google takes a lot of time. Takes a lot of work. Social media to create a new profile and throw some content up there takes a couple of hours at most. So it's a lot easier to put just random stuff out on social that no one's really checking or versus Google is screening it a lot more. They're not perfect and no one is perfect, but at least you're trying to be a little bit better at it, scrutinizing it. So are you, are you concerned that because, you know, search engine, optim, uh, search engine, um, you know, optimization companies like the ones that you work for or work with rather um, hold themselves seemingly to a higher standard in terms of the kind of information that, um, you know, they evaluate and measure compared to the amount of information that's widely accessible on social media sites like Twitter. Uh, we were just talking about Tucker Carlson. Are you uh, fearful that because it's so accessible that folks gravitate towards Tucker Carlson and other um, you know, news personalities or podcasters who, like you said, can easily just set up an account rather than those news sources that are more reputable that have to go through the extra screening and the extra, uh, you know, extra necessary measures that you put them through before you validate them as secure sources of news. Yeah, I just wish people would check more before they believe whatever they see online or read or hear or can't trust anything without double, triple checking. But even then it's like, all right, who's fact checking the fact actors and all that. It's gets tricky. And it's just like, all right, how do you know what to trust and what not to trust? And that's where you just got to use your better judgment and hope that whoever you're, or whatever you're reading or whoever you're listening to is putting out factual information, but it is just really, really tough nowadays. At least Google takes their time in ranking a website. They're not going to rank anything immediately. It takes months, sometimes years to get that traction on Google where social is just, you could go viral pretty much instantaneously. It's not that long or tough to do that. It's a lot easier on social media. So I want to ask you, Mr. Leibowitz, um, you know, we've been talking a lot about how social media has changed politics. Um, as we get close, further and further in the 21st century, in your opinion, what role should search engine optimization uh, tactics play in political campaigns and what ethical considerations should be taken into account 
when using these tactics for political purposes? I mean, well, SEO would just be searching for someone's name. Usually it would be you're searching a politician's name, but you also put fake stuff up about that person. So you can make a bunch of negative or fake articles and use SEO to rank them on Google. And same with, I could push down stuff too. So if you search for somebody, and there's a bunch of positive stuff. I could also try to push that down and push a bunch of others content up that's negative if you want to do. I mean, it's not something I would do, but that's something that someone that knows SEO could go in and kind of manipulate the search results. But Google's pretty strict on that stuff, especially with like the sensitive topics like health, money, probably politics. They're going to be a little bit more scrutinizing and not just ranking anything. They're probably going to have someone moderating that stuff just because there's so much attention on it versus someone's on like tennis shoes. They're not going to really scrutinize it as much, but there's still something that's going to be someone that's probably going to be looking at it, but not to the extent that they would with money, health, wellness, things like that. So in your view, um, you know, how do you see search engine optimization tactics being affected by recent debates over online privacy and data protection? Um, you know, and what steps can companies take to ensure that their tactics aren't aligned with these concerns? And I, I'm asking that in light of the fact that you have, for instance, Congress um, actually considering new rules, uh, data privacy rules for tech companies. Uh, most Democrats and Republicans agree that the federal government should better regulate uh, the biggest technology companies, particularly social media platforms. Um, but there's little consensus on how that can happen, how that should be done. Um, you know, there was discussion of TikTok being banned, uh, whether or not younger children should be kept off social media. Can the government make sure private in information is secure? Um, and so there were a lot of considerations. Um, and one of the um, points of agreement, it seems, is that there needs to be more transparency in terms of um, allowing the social media companies to require permission from the users to allow algorithms to track their movements in order to suggest certain content. Um, as the head of SEO optimizers, I want to ask you, um, you know, how do you see search engine optimizing tactics being affected by recent debates over online privacy and data protection? And what steps can uh, companies take to ensure that their tactics are in line with these concerns? I'm not sure if SEO really has an effect with privacy. I think it's more paid ads. That would be the bigger impact with the privacy because that's where people, or they'll drop those cookies and start tracking people. SEO, you're not really doing that. So I don't feel like that has that big of an impact with search engine optimization because you can't really just follow somebody around on Google or in other places, but with the paid ads, that's where it comes into play, where that's where the privacy and that's where all the changes with iOS and how much data Apple is able to grab has been changing over the past couple of years, but that's all affected with the paid ads. So not too sure how that all works in general, but it's just trying to figure out, all right, in general, like, do you want to, add about some vacation home in Canada, or do you want to add about something that really interests you that is targeted? It's not always the worst thing when I get those ads that target me that, Hey, I've been to this website, didn't make a purchase. I'm like, okay, this kind of helps out sometimes. It is a little creepy and weird at times, but it's a lot better than getting some completely random ads. At least it's a little bit more targeted, but 
really is a little weird how much data they're able to access. They get way too much information. It's like they're just grabbing and taking all that data. But the ads are a lot better than just random ones, but it is not good giving them so much power and so much data. So we've talked a lot about, you know, the measures in which you take to ensure that there are reputable sources available for the public. Um, you know, what are some of the most effective search engine optimization tactics that could be used to promote political campaigns or causes? Um, how do these tactics differ from those used for commercial purposes? I think you talked a little bit about it just now, but can you elaborate? Um, SEO for commercial and political, I mean, it doesn't matter what you're doing, it just matters. I mean, the strategy is going to be same for the most part. What would be different if you're doing like e-commerce and you're selling products or if you're a local business, then like you want to get on Google Maps and have a local presence on like Yelp and Yellow Pages and MapQuest. And if, but just for a general website, the overall strategies are pretty much the same. It's adding keywords in the coding. So the way Google works is what we see when Google sees is different. They're just looking in the coding for you to put keywords in different places so they can better understand what that page is about, which gets a little technical, but one place that's really easy to add keywords is just the content. Google feeds off text. They can't really read images or videos. They're getting better at it, but they rely heavily on text. The more text you have on your website, the easier it is for them to read, understand, and know what keywords to rank you for. But again, unfortunately, Google doesn't care what you put on a website because they don't trust anybody without you building that trust up. And the way to build trust is by building what are called backlinks. We talked a little bit earlier about backlinks or clickable links from other websites that point to yours. And without backlinks, it's pretty much impossible to rank on Google. Google's whole algorithm started based off backlinks. That's why Google became the number one search engine is because they rank websites based off backlinks. It's changed a lot how they look at backlinks over the years, but it's still heavily based off backlinks. And the way to get traction on Google is have good quality content on your website and have good quality backlinks. I mean, there's a lot of other variables that go into it, but those two are the more important aspects of it. If without backlinks and without good content, it's going to be almost impossible to rank on Google. So how do you balance the need to optimize your clients' websites for search engine rankings with the responsibility to provide accurate and unbiased information, particularly uh, when working with politically sensitive topics or controversial issues? I'm thinking about, for instance, the recent um, call uh, for gun control in the wake of yet another mass shooting that took place in a Texas mall. Uh, you know, we've reached, I think, about 240 mass shootings in the year 2023 alone, uh, which far exceeds a mass shooting for, a, you know, we're getting to the point where we're going to have a mass shooting uh, for every day of the year. Um, and, and so there are a lot of folks who are, you know, this topic, of course, is generating a lot of traffic online uh, for both sides of the aisle, those who call for stricter gun laws and those who say that the issue is mental health, not guns. How do you balance the need to optimize your client's websites for search engine rankings with the responsibility to provide accurate and unbiased information when it deals with sensitive topics or controversial issues? Yeah, most of my clients aren't dealing with anything sensitive and I don't think I've ever had anybody dealing with sensitive content and I probably stay away from that just in general because don't want to deal with that and put out wrong information because it's tough to figure out what's correct, what's incorrect. And there's so many different sides to it that it gets really tough and you don't want to put yourself in the middle of it. And most of those sites that are putting that content out there are going to be new sites uh, or blogs. So I'm usually working with businesses that are selling products or services versus just a blog that's posting out content all the day. So I do want to take the time uh, 
this is the first time um, I'm able to, you know, have the privilege of uh, doing this. We've actually, Political Mike has been sponsored. And so I'm going to take this time out to um, go ahead and share some information. Listen, are you worried about your taxes? You know, I'm talking about those of you out there who have not filed in a few years with the IRS or state. It's time to get worried. And here's why. The IRS is getting back from their own COVID lockdown. They're hiring more enforcers and they're going to come after people who owe taxes. So if you're a 1099 worker and maybe just plain forgot to file your taxes, you need to call the professionals at Helpline. They're experts at knowing tax regulations and can help you pay as little as possible. Before the IRS knocks on your door, knock on their door. 800-264-1289. Call 800-264-1289. Again, 800-264-1289. 800-264-1289. Do you have a car sitting around you want to get rid of? Then here's a great idea. Donate your car now and help local veterans in your area. Yes, one fast call to the veteran call donation program. And within a few days, we will come and remove your car for free. You can donate any car in any condition. We'll use our vast network to sell it. The proceeds raised goes to help local veterans and their families. And you get a, a tax deduction. And all you need to do is make this free call. Clean your yard up, get rid of an old car and help the vets. We make it easy. Make this free call now and book your fast and easy pickup. Call the Veteran Donation Program now at 800-419-2388. Again, that's 800 419 2388 800-419-2388 thank you so much i want to go back to the discussion we were having uh mr leibowitz um with increasing concerns about online censorship and content moderation what role do you see search engine optimization tactics playing in ensuring that political speech and information is accessible to all users online I mean, unfortunately, search engines do censor, as we've seen in the pandemic. They'll put stuff up or take stuff down and using other search engines like DuckDuckGo, they're just going to put everything out there. So it's going to be interesting to see if other search engines can take over, which I doubt it. Google just has such a big market share that DuckDuckGo and these other ones aren't going to have that big of an impact. When I look at analytics, Google brings about 20 to 80% of traffic. And this is me looking at websites for the past 15 years, probably hundreds, maybe thousands of websites. Bing maybe brings 1%. Yahoo might bring 1%. DuckDuckGo might bring half a percentage. Brave might bring half a percent. And then the rest comes from like email, social media, paid ads, all these other ways to get traffic. But in general, Google just runs the show. So we'll have to see because they don't show everything. They kind of pick and choose sometimes, and especially for like more sensitive topics that we're talking about. They're not going to just show anything. They're going to have somebody going in and manually looking at it with health, all that stuff. They're not just going to show anything. So it might be a little biased to what Google wants to display versus some other search engines where they're just going to let the algorithm, which is just a robot, pick and choose what to show, which is interesting to see which one is going to be accurate. Do you want to trust a person or a robot? But both have biases and it's going to be tricky to know which ones are telling the truth, which ones are inaccurate because... They're both just reading and learning from other people's content out there and who knows what content they're reading and what's accurate or inaccurate. Unfortunately, it's, it's really tricky. 
<clears throat> so um, how do you see the political climate affecting the search engine optimization industry currently? Um, and what tactics do you use to adapt to these changes? I feel like it's more about the paid ads, that politics has a bigger impact, especially over the past five, 10 years. Paid ads are a way to influence. SEO is a little bit tougher to infiltrate and manipulate the results because Google scrutinizes them, especially nowadays. They'll have people looking at those, especially more sensitive topics manually before they just rank websites because they don't want just the algorithm to pick and choose because the algorithm is just a robot. And it's all just done by algorithms and machine learning and it's not perfect. So they'd rather have someone go in there and look at it and try to clean it up. So it's definitely important that you put out correct information, but I feel like the paid ads are more where there's issues with what's accurate, what's not accurate. Cause a lot of these companies are just like, yes, pay me, pay Facebook and we'll show you ads and Facebook isn't going to really check too much. Now they're going to check into what's factual, but five, 10 years ago, they were just happy to get people's money. So I want to get your response to those who criticize Google, you know, for what they call bias in its search results, particularly in the political realm. You know, what do you say to those who say that there's a political bias, obviously, um, you know, and, and how can political campaigns ensure that their messaging is reaching voters through search engines without being unfairly suppressed? It's tough because there is that bias, unfortunately, with the search engine in Google, there's definitely 100% some bias going on. So it's tough to figure out how to get past that because if someone's manually looking and picking and choosing what they want to show, you have to get past that person. You have to figure out what that person's looking at, what their wants and needs are, if it's a team of people, what their ultimate goal and achieve or what their ultimate goals are. But it's really tough. But as long as you're putting out good content that offers value, that's what the search engines want and that's what they feed off. So as long as you're offering value, that's number one. And a way to get around that is probably by offering both points of views instead of just talking about one perspective, give both perspective because then there's no bias and there's nothing that could sway that person to say, let's take it down. So offering both sides might be one way around it, but it is kind of tricky. You just got to really offer value. That's one. Number one thing is offer value and offer good content. That's what the search engines really feed off and want. And, and that's the thing that, that makes it difficult because if you have both sides, one side is, you know, arguing for instance about the merits of the, the, the you know, what a particular piece of legislation can do as it pertains to gun control or climate change or the immigration crisis. And then the other side is based on arguments that are mired in fiction and, and false, you know, falsehoods. How can you present both sides as if they're equal? I mean, as a reputable, you know, optimized search engine optimization company. I mean, how can you both present them both as if they're both on equal ground when they're not? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's when it's good stuff. And sometimes you got to let people make the decision like with flat earth. It's like, all right, do you really think the earth is flat? Some people just believe that because people put that content out there, which is a weird one, but it's like that one should be kind of obvious that the earth is definitely not flat. I mean, who knows? Maybe we've all been lied to, but I doubt that. That seems really irrational because there's so many pictures and proof that's not, but it's stuff like that where it gets really tricky. It's like, all right, maybe put out the facts why people think the earth is flat and then you show those facts and people are just like, yeah, this makes no sense. These facts that you're saying why the earth is flat don't hold up because there's been other scientific tests that show the opposite, that the earth is definitely round. There's pictures. So maybe doing that one, but that one is a kind of a more obvious one. There's a lot that just so tough to read between the lines of what's real, what's not real, that it blends in so tough that it's really easy to sway people both ways, but it gets a little tricky. 
So there's growing concern about the influence of foreign actors on elections, particularly through the use of social media. We've seen it, Russian interference in the 2016 election, uh, Russian interference in the 2020 election, even though the 2020 election had so many different factors that it wasn't as much of a, you know, top of the mind issue. Um, we, you know, we, were, we had social unrest uh, with police brutality incidents. We had the COVID pandemic. We, it was a pandemic election. We, there were so many things going on. But, you know, that doesn't take away the fact that the potential for foreign interference still exists. So are there similar risks with regard to search engine optimization tactics? And, and what steps can you take to mitigate these risks? Yeah, unfortunately, I don't know how they can mitigate it, but it's been going on forever. I mean, back in like 2013, they wanted me to change the election of country that I've never even heard of. And I was just like, I don't feel comfortable doing this, but I'm sure they went on to a different ad agency and got them to do that. But unfortunately, ever since elections have been around, probably people have been manipulating them and trying to game the system and trick people. And I don't see a way to stop that, unfortunately, just because there's just so many ways to manipulate people's opinions and people are going to find ways to game the system, loopholes of ways that search engines and social media sites haven't figured out how to stop that yet. And unfortunately, it's going to be kind of what's been going on in the past. They're going to learn from their mistakes and hopefully learn from them and not just repeat those mistakes, but learn to patch those up and not let people just run paid ads without double checking and making sure what they're putting out there is accurate, especially for sensitive topics, because it gets tricky. And unfortunately, people believe whatever they read online, not everyone, but a lot of people just take for truth, whatever they read. It doesn't matter what website it's on. It could be a fake website because there's ways to make latimes.com where you can make latime.com and people think and you can make that exactly like the LA Times and you can put your own content in there and people might think it's the LA Times because people don't always look at the URLs perfectly and that's where it's another easy way to just put that fake information out there. Unfortunately, there's too many ways to game the system and trick people. Unfortunately, ever since I've been doing this, there's so many ways that I'm just like, this is crazy. You got to really be careful what you read online reviews all that stuff is manipulated and fake amazon reviews yelp google reviews all that stuff is manipulated unfortunately and that's where you just got to try to use your bad judgment and look through and try to see what makes sense as being real or fake but unfortunately sometimes it's really tough to differentiate so lastly in light of recent controversy surrounding data privacy and online surveillance what ethical considerations uh, should political campaigns in your view keep in mind when employing search engine optimization tactics I mean, I don't think there's really too much with that. I feel like it's more with the paid ad side of thing because SEO, they can't really gain the system too much with privacy and data or people's data. With as with paid ads, that's where you could go in and put people's emails. You can upload that to Google or Facebook and say, here's a list of people's emails that vote Democratic. Let's try to get them to vote Republican with these ads or vice versa. Here's a bunch of people are Republican. Let's show them Democratic ads and show them why Democrats are better than Republicans and so many different ways with paid ads that you really game the system and that's where they got to be careful seo it's not really much that can be infiltrated so much especially nowadays with google being on top of it and there's only 10 websites that are listed on that first page of google and google looks through all those i feel like especially for political health and money type of issues manually they're not going to rank anybody so mr leibowitz it's been a privilege and honor to have you uh do you have any Final uh, closing thoughts. Yeah, I just, I just don't trust anything you read or see anywhere online. Unfortunately, you can't trust anything. 
it's all been manipulated. I mean, they try to get it as accurate as possible, but you never know what's real or what's not real. So just take everything with a grain of salt and do your research, do your homework, double, triple, quadruple check everything and just try to think logically. But it's tough sometimes. People have really good opinions that are really skews people's opinions and can trick people into thinking something's real or not real, like with the flat earth. So just be careful with what you read out there. Well, thank you so much. Uh, that's going to conclude episode 106 of Political Mike. Mr. Leibowitz, it was a privilege and honor to discuss uh, this, you know, this tricky uh, issue with you. Um, you know, hopefully folks would take, you know, your words for, you know, at heart and, and be very mindful and careful about the news that they ingest. That's the purpose of this platform, to get folks to challenge the sources of news that they plug into, to plug into reputable sources and even challenge those reputable sources. Uh, thank you for what you brought to the episode. That's going to conclude episode 106 of the Political Mike podcast. Hi, it's Mike Taylor, the host of the Political Mike podcast. If you like what you heard tonight, I want to invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. I also want to ask you to please follow along on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Amazon Music. You can also follow along and keep up with the conversation through our Telegram channel. Follow us on Twitter at, at ThePolyMike, and follow us on Instagram. Thank you so much, and no matter what part of the political spectrum that you fall on, I want to encourage you to stay engaged, stay a part of the conversation, and stay informed. Thank you.